You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School, episode 247, Feng Shui Room by Room, the Bedroom. Welcome to episode 247 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. We teach Feng Shui online at mindfuldesignschool.com. Be sure to sign up for our mailing list. You can visit mindfuldesignschool.com slash join or just check out your little podcast app and opt in there or go to our homepage. And we'd love to see you in your inbox because we have different events and workshops and opportunities and content that's only available to our newsletter subscribers. For instance, we just finished a giveaway for a free mini consultation and we just announced the winner last week. But again, congratulations, Amber. So you guys can watch out for our mini consultation soon with Amber. So Laura was very inspired to create a few episodes, a handful of episodes where we would go. If you will. Hmm? A series, if you will. We a have series. many, many series. <laughs> Series within our series, within our series. So this is another series called Feng Shui Room by Room. And first we'll go over the bedroom this week. And then next month we'll go over another room. And then the following, maybe in a couple more months, we'll go over another room. Because we have a bunch of, you know, our annual Lunar New Year podcasts coming up in January. I know we're already talking about January. We're already planning January. But in any case, this is one of the first where we were going to go feng shui room by room and we're starting with the bedroom. So Laura, can you tell us why we're starting with the bedroom? Why are we starting with the bedroom? Well, because it is one of the most, if not the most important areas of your home, because it is the space where you spend the most time. It's the closest to you. It is a really important space for you to feel recharged, for you to be productive, to recover. If you get sick, it's the place you want to go. You know, when you have intimate relationships, it's the place for that. It's really a very intimate space in many, many ways. And we often tell whoever, listeners, whatever, whoever's asking, if they're asking about where to start with feng shui, we often say start in the bedroom. Because it's easy too, because it's a very manageable space, right? And often more time, you know, 90% of the time, it's a fairly uniform shape, right? It's a square. It's usually, you know, pretty straightforward. So that's why we're starting with it. And when you use feng shui in the bedroom, the reason why it's important is it can help with so many parts of your life, right? It can help you with sleep. If you're having trouble sleeping, it's really a great kind of low-hanging fruit, easy, non-invasive way to approach if you're having issues with sleep. So improve your sleep. Therefore, once you improve your sleep, you can feel more productive. You can take on the day. You know, there's nothing worse, not getting a good night's sleep and then not being able to do anything the next day. It's also, if you focus on your bedroom, it is a way to cultivate and to make your romantic or intimate relationships stronger 
And overall, when you start to focus on your bedroom and you, you, you apply feng shui principles, even simple ones, you improve, you know, your well-being overall. It's, it's, it's a pretty central spot. And so that's why we thought it was a good room to start with. Yeah. I'm doing something really annoying for what you. you I'm, 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 I also started an Instagram live where I'm filming oh. Laura loves that. I'm always like multitasking. So hi to those of you who are watching this on Instagram live, but okay, let's go back to the bedroom. So yeah, follow us on Instagram because sometimes we'll stream these live. So this is an episode that we're recording in advance for October, but you're getting a sneak peek on feng shui room by room. Okay. For those of you that are listening now in (laughs) your car or while you do the dishes or I don't know, you know, going for a walk, We're going to now move into a quick list. And for some of you that have followed us for a while, you know, you know, you will be familiar with some of these, but it's always important to review. And for new listeners, this is really a great list of kind of must haves and slash must do's in the bedroom, feng shui wise. So Angie, what is your number one must do? in the bedroom. Your number one must do in the bedroom is to set your bed up in the commanding position. So what does that mean? That means that you want to set up your bed so that you can be in command of your room, that you can see all the opportunities coming to you, that you have the chi flow into your room in such a way that you're aware of what's happening rather than blindsided by it. So that simply means that you set up your bed so that when you're laying in bed and resting, like say you're leaning up against a headboard, you can see the door to the bedroom because the door represents the portal of chi, the way that chi or energy flows into your space or opportunities, if you will. And you want to be able to see the chi coming in. So you want to be able to see the door while you're lying in bed without directly being in line with the door. So when you're directly in line with the door, you are in the so-called coffin position, which just means like you're laying in bed and you're looking at your feet and you can see the door. Your feet are pointing straight out the door. That would be the coffin position. So generally, if you're in commanding position of the bedroom that means you're typically like kitty corner or diagonal from the door so again you want to be able to see the door without directly being in line with the door you don't want to be in the coffin position and you want to be able to easily see the door in front of you good recap you've so, said can you tell i've done i said this yeah said this like 10 million times <laughs> <laughs> and what what i'll do for the next sort of must have slash do's I'm going to combine two together. We'll talk about the bed itself. So the bed itself, what I would say for the bed, because often people ask like, what kind of bed I should have, like what material overall, you know, okay. If I had to say a material, try to avoid a metal bed. It's just, but let's say we're, we're, you know, you've got a wooden bed, upholstery bed, that's all fine. You know, whatever, whatever you choose personally. But what we, we would say is that make sure you have a headboard, solid headboard, it needs to be well fixed so it's not wiggly, so strong, because that headboard represents a support system for you. It's like a mountain at your back, right behind you. And then also take a look at what you're storing under your bed. And we understand that people need to store things under the bed, so that's totally fine. But make sure that what you are storing isn't 
loaded with a whole bunch of interesting energy. You know, keep it simple. Keep it to bedding, seasonal clothes, that kind of stuff. Okay. And then Angie, if you were going to move into what else you should do in the room in order to have it set up really well, especially for sleep too, what would you say are a couple of other things to do in the room? Must do's. Well, I think it's really important to acknowledge and notice what the energy is of the items that are around you in bed. So not only like Laura mentioned what you have under the bed, but also like, what are you looking at when you're Mm -hmm. lying in bed? Are you looking at things that bring you kind of relaxation or support? Or are you looking at things that maybe feel depressing or dark? Also, like, do you have a lot of emotionally charged items around you or a lot of books that keep you up at night? Like you're looking at that book that you really want to read or, or even like looking at your desk. Like a lot of people nowadays, Mm -hmm. especially because we're starting to work from home, we had to make accommodations. So we have a lot of people have desks in their bedrooms. And so they're looking at their computers or work. And so- Mm -hmm. It's so easy to get in bed and then think, oh my God, I totally forgot that thing. And then you just get up, you open up your computer, your laptop and you, you're like, I'll just send that one email. Or alternatively, maybe you see what is supposed to be your desk or represents your work and you start to feel guilty about or stressed out about the tasks that you should feel like you should do or your to-do list. So instead of having something that is sleep related that you have around you, like cultivating that chi of the objects around you that support sleep, that instead you maybe have things that remind you of activities. So having like a lot of active items like books or your work, as opposed to sleep supportive items. Like they also say like with sleep hygiene, like you know, don't bring your computer to bed and work in bed mm-hmm. and do all this because your bed should always inspire kind of this feeling of restfulness and and support. So so just notice that all things around you have different qualities of chi and energy. And so what is it that the chi and the energy of the objects that you have surrounding you in your bedroom, what what are the stories around there? What is the energy? So Yes. And that we're not going to give you ways to do that. Like, I think what is good about that is you're like, oh no, but I do have my desk in my bedroom. Then we, now you're aware of it. So now see if you can come up with solutions to maybe unplug all your computer, all that, maybe find a box, store it, maybe move it out of the room. You now are mindful of it. So understand that it may be impacting it and, and play with it and see what you can do to soften that, that very active energy. And, okay. And you know, wait, one easy way. I've given to a lot of people is just to like get a beautiful scarf or a, or um what are those things like a screen mm-hmm. to, to visually conceal mm-hmm. the act, like the like a room divider, like, like a, a very simple divider, divider. but yeah, even like a, like a simple one. scarf. One yeah. of my clients told me, she said, you told me to, she had her desk in her bedroom and there was no other place for it. And she said, okay, I put the scarf on the desk and I didn't think it was going to do anything. And she's like, it made a big difference because mm-hmm. she's like, the, she's this attorney and was really stressed out all the time. Mm-hmm. And it really helped a lot to just have that visual calmness versus like seeing her desk. Or stacks time. of work or piles of work. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, and then to close this little section out, just for the stuff, the must-dos, but say, take a look at the lighting situation. We've talked about this a lot before, blackout treatments, window treatments are important if you're really sensitive to light, which most people are. And, you know, maybe look at the lighting quality you have in your bedroom right now. Soft lighting is better. And Angie kind of talked about this and sort of lumped this in is, you know, really try not to have a TV in your bedroom and also exercise equipment that sort of speaks to what we just were saying in terms of incredibly active energy. And if you have to, then, you know, try the, the technique of the scarf or room divider. Okay. Moving to the next little section that we have about bedrooms and feng shui, there's some stuff. There's a couple of things you can do specifically around relationships in the bedroom. Angie, do you want to share one Yeah. So one thing that you can consider if you want to support your relationship is to look and make sure that you have a bed that doesn't have a split. Like for instance, it's not that common anymore, but it used to be very common that a lot of people had box springs. Nowadays, people don't have a box spring. Like if you have a king size bed, oftentimes there's two separate box springs and then there's this split underneath dividing the partners and energetically creating this division. And sometimes you may even see this with the mattress where there's two different mattresses and there's there's something joining, covering the, the split. So you want to avoid any kind of splits. And the, along those lines too, you want to have, you know, if you're looking for relationships, I would avoid having a, a single or twin size bed. You want to make sure that there's enough space for both of you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So space for both partners in the size of the bed, as well as in what go, is going on around the bed. So, you know, if there are two of you, make sure that you have some equality in this relationship, that both of you have a nightstand. A lot of times they say matching, but honestly, it doesn't necessarily need to be matching. What it needs to be is it needs to be the right weight. It needs to be equitable. Both partners need to have the same resources, you know, a table, a lamp, access to the side of the bed. If one of you is having to sacrifice and squeeze and shimmy, you know, think about what that might mean. But that and, said, a lot of New Yorkers or someone who has a small space, there's many people that can't, that don't have the space to mm-hmm. have that. So you do the best you can with what you have. Maybe it means that you, you and your partner trade sides occasionally, or you move the bed, even just the minimum you can to give one of the partners a little mm-hmm. bit of space. You, you know, you have to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about this just a little bit, but it's really important relationships is separating your work life from your private life. And the bedroom is where you can do that. And so if you, in a way, energetically draw a line in the sand about when your work day ends and when your private life begins with your partner by adding a divider, it, making it a time when you turn off your computer and you have a box that you put things in. Uh, you know, coming up with solutions to to visually separate it, but also energetically dedicating or, you know, working toward that by really saying, you know, nope, this is now my time for, for my partner and um, and me to be together. Okay, we can talk a bit about bedroom furniture. We got a list here that we thought, which we just, we talked a little bit about it, but let's skip the top one because I just said, Pairs of nightstands. Okay. Everyone is like, have an equal pair. Fair enough. Usually that's what people do. But, you know, again, as Angie said, 
Sometimes you can't have a nightstand. So maybe you do wall sconces. So you both have light beside your bed or something, you know, but another one, Angie, another item, bedroom furniture that is not necessarily a must have, but something that really can tie into the feng shui of the room. What would you say? Well, I actually have this in my bedroom is a mirror that is round and it's placed over the bed above the headboard to create some harmony with the relationship. And the idea is that the circular shape doesn't have any sharp edges and there's a continuity there and you can visualize you and your partner Mm -hmm. see each other together harmoniously in that mirror. And, you know, a little caveat with that is you uh, mirrors can be heavy. So we're not talking about a little mirror. It would be one that would be kind of large enough to see a reflection of both partners in the in the reflection and you want to make sure that it's a mirror that is fastened properly so there's no fear of anything falling on your head mm-hmm. so it feels completely safe and secure i would add of things you can have bedroom wise and also things to avoid try not to have too much heavy furniture in your bedroom it is hard for the energy to flow. And often people, not so much nowadays, but you know, there was a time when you'd buy the entire bedroom suite and it would have like the dresser and the side tables and there. And it was, it was too much furniture. So, you know, if you have a closet, organize the closet, have some side tables, keep it pretty simple. You really want to make sure that you've got, you have room to move. And when you have room to move enough around the space, then the energy has enough room to move. So that would be one thing. And you can add in, if you want to add in a little bit of stability, and this isn't just for relationships, this could even be, you know, what we were speaking about for sleeping and for like feeling grounded and feeling, you know, less anxiety is to, to bring in the energy of earth. And the way you can do that is by adding a square rug, okay, into the bedroom somehow. You know, and you can figure out how you want to do that. You could put a square rug, a little nice little cute little mat that when you step out of your side of the bed, you know, you you have a little rug there. Or you can get a bigger one that pulls the room together that kind of tucks under the feet of your bed and kind of fills a bit more of the room. You know, but you you work, do what works in your room. But the intention is to bring in the square rug for stability and to, to bring in the energy of earth, the earth chi energy. Mm-hmm. And one last thing that we would recommend is that in BTB Feng Shui, we recommend a healthy living green plant in the bedroom to support growth and your health. You want to make sure that with any kind of house plants that you bring into your home, that you take care of it, that it has the appropriate environment, just like you need an appropriate environment to thrive you want to consider when you bring another living being like a living green plant into your home that it has been thought out and it can have the opportunity and the right conditions to live live well so that can be brought in with the intention that you want to support your growth and your health and vitality for the people who reside in that bedroom and what we'll do to kind of wrap up this section and this of this particular one of the series about the bedroom is to talk about colors for the bedroom. And this is a question we get a lot. Colors for the bedroom and colors for the front door. So colors for the bedroom, we're picking a couple of interesting ones. We're picking five 
that are sort of outside of the, maybe you wouldn't know about. And what we would say is this is not necessarily saying we're going to paint your walls this color. These are colors that you can add to the bedroom in whatever way you want into like, you know, as an accessory color or a, a, a throw pillow or a blanket or bedding, you know, yes, you can paint the walls, but you don't need to. And that can be a lot, to be honest. So um, the first color on our list is a peach peachy pinky peach color and peachy pink color is is specifically especially well if you're intending to use feng shui and you're you know you've you decided you're bringing in color with the intention to, to shift the energy and and make something happen in this case for peachy pink it's new love right the color peach has this energy of making you irresistible <laughs> to partners especially romantic ones so use it wisely, especially if you've got a really good intention setting abilities and manifestation abilities. That is one color that is a fun color to use in your bedroom. And it is a lot about that new, not just, you know, lots of attracting partner energy. And the one nuance with the peach is that our teachers would remind us that if you want to settle down and have a long-term relationship with only one partner, then as soon as you achieve that place, when you have the peach colored room or the peach blossom luck is to then paint the room a different color or else you'll, you or your partner will keep attracting more partners, but maybe that's what you want. Who knows? We're in the, what are we that we're in the 20th century. Yeah. Whatever oh, you, you know what? My uh, sister told me that the young people now say that we were born in the late 19th century. Does your son say that? No. Ask he was just giving me, he's trying to school me on all the different ways and talking. He says, mom, you should not try to say things. Like I was trying to like go, I'm high key. I was like, oh, I'm I'm low key stressing about that. He's like, what are you talking? He's like making fun of me. Anyway, he's like, mom, we just don't know. Yeah. Not cool well, we, what do we know? We were born in we the don't late know. 19th century. What do I know? Exactly. We're old people. So, um, okay, well, um, back to our colors. And by the way, this is, you know, a couple episodes ago, we mentioned that we're writing a book. And so I think this Laura got inspired also to share colors because we talk a lot about colors in our new book. We can't wait for you guys to read it. It's coming out next fall. Anyway, next color, uh, next color, soft green or teal. And this is a great color for healing. And it's related to the wood element. And you know how we talked about like the living green plants. It's that same idea, wood element, which is healing. And so green or teal or blue, those really call in this healing, this healing chi. And, you know, I would just be aware, like if it's too bright, it could also be very energizing as well. So see what feels very calming for you. So softer tones of teal and soft green can be supportive and in small doses. Same for the next color in terms of small doses is the color red or burgundy, you know, deep reds, that kind of color scheme or those different kinds of reds. There's so many different kinds of reds, but this would be kind of really rich, deep reds. Is connected with passion, with romance, because it's that fire. It's it is a color that is able to transform the energy of a space, and it is if your intention is to add more spark 
and to more passion and not just like passion in terms of relationship and like sexual passion or that kind of stuff. It could just be like, you need to be inspired. Like you're feeling like blah and like beige and flat, add a little red. And again, it's a very, as one, you need a very small amount, you know, to kind of get that kick going. And again, for those of you that are really good manifestors and intention setters, just, you know, bring in maybe uh, red flowers and, you know, try that for, you know, nine days, bring in a f- different ones and, you know, keep changing them out and see how that feels in your room or in the space. Because, you, you know, you just need a little bit. And then if you really, if you want to kind of have it kind of underlying I always like putting like a red, I recommend to my clients sometimes if they want to spark that is put in a red fitted sheet. And then like, you know, like that's, you have other things going on, but you can't really see it, but it's underlying and it's there. Okay. Next color. And along those same lines, a more sophisticated version of red or burgundy with a touch of purple would be like an eggplant or with like a touch of black, like Mm -hmm. a darker tone, more sophisticated purpley red uh, could be like an eggplant and this is really helpful for a more like nuanced way to invite a deeper relationship or a little bit more elegant or more depth in in your relationship and also you know this may come this may be aligned with your style and your taste a little bit too so so because because I think that red and burgundy may not be for everyone. So another kind of option is to work with eggplant. Alternatively, eggplant's also related again to that color purple, which is more about like, uh, it's a little bit more elegant. It's more regal. It has a little bit of feeling of abundance. So that's a great one to work with. It's also dark too. So if you're going to work with a color like eggplant, I would make sure that you you have a good um, sense of you're a little bit more cheerful. So if you have a tendency towards depression, maybe eggplant would be a bit too dark for you and, and could tend to lower your chi a bit. And then the last color or group of colors that we'll mention is yellow or yellows. Yellow is a really interesting color in the Chinese system, in the feng shui system, yellow is connected to earth and therefore it is connected with uh, being grounded, you know, feeling stable. If you're feeling anxious, if you just want to feel more rooted, it's the color that you would use. But, you know, also yellow is sunshine, it's bright, it's cheerful, and it speaks to, again, that same kind of thing of you're feeling worried, you know, or you know, yellow has this ability to kind of lift your spirits as well. So, you know, it's, again, a, a lot of intention involved in this, but, you know, for people that feel anxious, a little bit like inner dread and angst, (laughs) try some yellow, try. And I think it's a color you can use a little bit more boldly and bigger amounts of than let's say red. You know, you could try doing a bedspread in yellow. You could try doing all of your bedding in yellow and it could be, you know, a butter, butter yellow. It doesn't have to be, it can be bright sunflower or it can be like a buttery warm yellow, you know, play around with it and see what you like. And really with the intention of, cultivating that earth energy and just really connecting with that essence of what it means in the feng shui system. Yes. So we hope that you are inspired to Mm -hmm. 
take a look at your bedroom with new feng shui eyes and maybe make a shift or two. Don't feel obligated to do all of these. We never want you to do everything. Just find what's the most relevant and what's the most helpful and do that with a lot of intention and heart. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. You can tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode. We have a few more of these feng shui room by rooms in the queue. So keep an eye out. And we hope that you will share our podcast if you like it and you can subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And if you can leave a review, you can always join our mailing list by visiting mindfuldesignschool.com join or click through in the show notes. We have a really fun newsletter where we send out a lot of content that's only available for our newsletter subscribers and we give announcements that keep you updated on everything that's new. We have our annual Feng Shui New Year's package coming out soon so we hope you'll join us for that to welcome the upcoming year of the dragon to say goodbye to the year of the rabbit and so yeah stay tuned we have a lot of fun things coming up we are also open for enrollment now with our certification course and we hope you'll visit our website at mindfuldesignschool.com thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week